the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We did not have the chance to visit with our friend Matt Mayer of Opportunity Ohio last week. Matt was uh, away on a trip with uh, his son, and we're glad to have him back today. You can follow him on Twitter, at OhioMatt. His website is OpportunityOhio.org. You can also learn more about Matt's exploratory run for governor of the state of Ohio at his other website, OhioMatt.com. He hopes not to have to run. He'd like to see our state proceed down a better road than it has for business and for uh, individuals, but that is out there. And if you want to know his policy positions on an exploratory run for governor, you can find it at OhioMatt.com. And I think everybody, Matt, is impacted in a great way by what we saw transpire in Nashville at the Covenant School on Monday. It really hit home for me. My kids go to a Christian school. I have uh, little girls and want to see the picture of the little girls who died. Um, not that the little boy's not tragic. It's just that the whole thing is just so hard. And uh, we predictably went within hours to uh, gun control and all the other familiar talking points that uh, people kind of take their positions behind when something like this happens. Yeah, look, it was deeply troubling what happened in Nashville. Uh, and you get hurt for those families, that school, that community. And you know, at the same time, though, what you have to at least applaud is that the law enforcement answered uh, in a very different way than did a Uvalde and saved lives. And, and that's, that's a hopefully a lesson learned now when these things happen that, you know, law enforcement will, will go in there and do what they're paid to do, which is risk their lives to keep, keep people safe. Um, and it is. It's tragic that we, we, we quickly do the knee-jerk to the gun issue rather than the mental health issue. It's fairly clear that this shooter had deep mental health issues, long-standing mental health issues, and, and, and that's not atypical to many of these shooters that, that occur. So you can try to take the guns out and just look what happens over in places like the UK where they ban guns, then they're going to just start knifing people. And so, you know, or, or worse, or, use bombs. Yeah, so, blowing so them up. Gotta yeah. Get, yeah, so we just got to stop looking at the method and look at the, the person and, and figure out how do we get a better mental health system that these folks aren't falling through the cracks that then engage in violence. And, and that's, that's where the focal point and the resources should be uh, not on, you know, the 99.9% of Americans who are legally uh, legal gun owners who, who don't suffer mental health issues, who don't use guns in violent ways. So you, you, you can't go after that when, you know, because that's just the wrong, we're not going to solve the problem. The problem is mental health. Yeah, I just think that in this case, it's just my personal observation. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. The left will not allow this to be a mental health conversation because uh, that would uh, presuppose that the transgender movement uh, is an indicator of mental health issues. And I don't think they're ever going to uh, um, admit that. And uh, what I see here is like almost a movement immediately from the left to uh, to uh, sort of sympathize with the shooter, that the shooter was uh, forced into this because people did not accept uh the shooter's identity as um, uh, a, a sex other than what they were born. Yeah, look, gender dysphoria is a is a psychological uh, health issue, right? It's in the, the you know, DSM five, 
so the, the left can can turn away from the hard science on this, but the reality is, right, this is something that, that is a mental health issue. And, and that doesn't mean that people shouldn't accept somebody who wants to identify a different way. That doesn't mean we should discriminate against those folks, but we should we should make sure they get help that they need because they're clearly confused. They're clearly going through some things. And, and that needs to that, that needs to be addressed in the right way, a sympathetic way. But but we can't make excuses when when folks that have mental health issues engage in violence. I mean, it, 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 we've got to we've got kids to protect and we've got to do our best to protect them. Matt Mayer is our guest, OpportunityOhio.org. His Twitter handle is at Ohio Matt. His website about an exploratory run for governor is OhioMatt.com. And speaking of politics, uh, Fox polling out, uh, Donald Trump is gaining. Ron DeSantis is uh, declining a bit. Uh, he has not yet officially entered the race. Trump is doing everything he can to try to disparage DeSantis. I laugh just because I think it's pathetic uh, how Trump is going after DeSantis. Uh, but I don't know if there's a lane for anybody else. I heard Hugh Hewitt the other day, and I vehemently disagree with this, uh, that there's a lane for a happy warrior like Reagan. I don't think this is a time for a happy warrior. Uh, and I I think that the consequence of the battle ahead of us, left versus right, is such that a happy warrior is just not geared for what's ahead. But as you assess the Republican battle, uh, are you surprised that some people who continue to poll very, very low? And uh, do you, like some, Mark Penn, the Democratic strategist, said the other day that DeSantis is a force to be reckoned with, and when he gets in, he will clear the field. Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, God love Hugh Hewitt, but I think Hugh Hewitt's been wrong on political issues more than he's been right, uh, especially when it comes to elections. Um, and so, you know, this latest poll is interesting because Trump jumped up 11 points. And you got to keep in mind the context of this is, you know, this, this you know, district attorney brag assault uh, of him in, in New York and the stuff going on in Georgia. And yet Trump increased by 11 percent. And that's why I think Trump wants so badly to do the perp walk, because I think he knows it helps him among Republican primary voters. Um, and, you know, the other thing here is the, is the fact of the matter is, you know, Nikki Haley was had a brief blip up to 7 percent in, in February. A month later, she's down to three. And, and I think what, what we're seeing here is there really isn't a lane for anyone other than Trump and DeSantis. And, and folks can disbelieve that. I know, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy is going to go spend a ton of money in Iowa, New Hampshire. You know, he he's at 1 percent despite getting enormous amounts of earned media. He is always on Fox News. The Wall Street Journal runs his stuff. He gets more coverage than Warren's. And so he should theoretically be higher, but he's not, because I think there is just simply among Republican primary voters, there is not a lane between Trump and DeSantis. Do you see a lane for Trump? I mean, I just, uh, uh, here's the thing. You can frame this a couple ways. How is he going to get 7 million votes he didn't get the last time? He lost to Biden by 7 million, but he really didn't lose to Biden by 7 million because, as you know, it's an electoral college battle and had 40 or 50,000 votes switched. He could have won the presidency, won a second term, but he's got to win Pennsylvania. Uh, He's got to win Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, or he's got to win three of those four, Michigan, and I just... I just don't see it, Matt. I don't see why independents who did not vote for him the last time are going to vote for him the next time. I'd love it if they did. I'm not anti-Trump. I'll vote for him. I just think Ron DeSantis is a more tactical, get-it-done type candidate. And, man, are we ever in a tactical need-to-get-it-done time period. Yeah, look, Trump lost by 43,000 votes in three states. So, so, so the question is, can Trump 
recover those votes in those three states and therefore win the presidency? Yeah, of course he can, right? If he runs a good, disciplined campaign, if Joe Biden continues to do the stuff he's doing and his administration keeps doing the left-wing progressive stuff they're doing, right, he's going to age a whole lot more in the next year and a half, which is great. That's because that's going to make him look even worse than he is. So, yeah, I think Trump can win. I agree with you. I think we have a stronger case with DeSantis because he hasn't alienated so many core voters. But but I think it's going to be a real battle, frankly, in the trenches. And, and I, I'd like to hope that 2020, if anything, showed us that Republicans need to stop whining about the rules and get into the trenches and fight like mad. And I think they will. So I do think Trump can win. But but yeah, I mean, it's as you know, and you know, you and I have been defenders of Trump. We've supported Trump forever. It just gets exhausting at times, even for guys like us. And so it would be nice to have somebody we don't have to spend so much oxygen defending when he goes off the rail on something, tweets something, attacks somebody in a way that's just not you know presidential. But the upside of that is everybody in America knows Trump's not presidential in that way. So it, it doesn't really have the impact anymore that it used to do. So it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, I just it's it's also an uphill battle because he's not going to get anywhere close to a fair shake in the media. I mean, I know Fox reported on the Alejandro Mayorkas deplorable showing before uh, a congressional hearing yesterday. Uh, this guy's just incompetent on the border. The economy's a train wreck. Uh, they keep lying about energy costs coming down. They're not coming down. But I just don't feel like the people that uh, traditionally have held presidents and presidential administrations to account are going to do that. And I think that uh, heightens the hurdle for Trump to get over to win a second term. Well, maybe it does, right? I mean, Bruce, like you and I both know, right, the, the media cheers for the moderate Republican. And once they become the nominee, they take them to the woodshed just as much as they take a Trump or a Reagan to the woodshed. So my sense is it doesn't matter who our nominee is. They, they're going to get 80 percent negative coverage. and The Democrats are going to get 80 percent positive coverage because the media is in the tank. They are Democrats. They are left-wing progressives. They can act like they're not. But you, know, you and I both know we've been in this business long enough. We know when they do cover something, there's a bias. What they choose to cover, there's a bias. And when they choose not to cover, there's a bias. And it always ends up cutting against the right. So I'm not sure the media matters as much today as it did. As you know, you know the Columbus Dispatch subscriber numbers are way down, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not a subscriber. I don't know if you no, are. No. And most people who are, it's because they want the sports page to see about their kids' high schools. So, like, the reality is the, the, the megaphone that the media used to have is a much smaller me- megaphone because people have found out other alternative ways to get information and news. I do every day. I, there are certain websites I go to every single day, multiple times to get my news because I'm not depending upon, you know, some newsroom Democrat, left-wing progressive, who just, you know, who's going to always slant the story against my side. So, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to matter as much. Is it, 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 it? Every election goes by, the media matter less and less, frankly. Very true on that. Matt Mayer, OpportunityOhio.org. Follow Matt on Twitter, at OhioMatt. It's a great way to get some of the news that you miss if you are just uh, getting it from mainstream media. And his policy paper, his position paper, get to know him in terms of his exploratory run for governor at OhioMatt.com. Always great to talk to you. Welcome back, and it's good to have you. Hey, thanks, Bruce. So we've now had three law enforcement officers injured in crashes in construction zones in about the last month. This morning, Franklin County Sheriff's deputy 
was attending to a construction zone a little bit west of I-70 and the Hilliard Rome Road interchange. There was a flashing arrow, which you know we see those everywhere, right? Directing drivers to avoid the working crew. Uh, the driver of another vehicle went around the illuminated arrow and struck the deputy's cruiser. The cruiser is totaled. The deputy was uh, taken to Riverside Methodist Hospital. The driver of the other vehicle was taken to Grant Medical Center. Uh, we have uh, one state patrol officer who is still recovering at home uh, after being hit in well, about the middle of February, I think, uh, on I-71. And then we had a Columbus police officer who was hit on 670 West downtown. So, yeah, got to watch the arrows, got to watch the signs, be safe in those construction zones. Uh, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost, I told him early, I told about uh, earlier in the show about the big drug bust that they made yesterday. Dave Yost was also giving a press conference yesterday in Trumbull County where he announced that the cleanup for the East Palestine toxic train derailment will benefit Ohio businesses. It's making the best of a bad situation. All the mitigation, getting the dirt out of there, getting the water out of there. Any Ohio business that is licensed to handle those hazardous chemicals, Norfolk Southern has now agreed to hire Ohio businesses to do the work. Again, it's best of a bad situation. You prefer not to have to deal with it, but we have to deal with it, so might as well deal with it with Ohio companies. They have removed nine and a quarter million gallons of liquid from in and around the site. They have removed just shy of 12,000 tons of excavated soil from the site. And they are, at least as it concerns the contaminated soil, about 33% done. Because they have 23,000 tons of soil yet to be removed. So they've removed just shy of 12,000. They've got 23,000 Yet to be removed. It's not exact on the math, but it's uh, it's in the ballpark. So a lot to be done there, and Ohio businesses will benefit. Speaking of an Ohio business, there is one that would like to benefit from a merger with Albertsons, the big grocery chain. It's a bigger grocery chain that would like to merge with them, and that grocery chain is Kroger. Kroger, of course, is a behemoth in the city of Columbus and in the state of Ohio, and it's going to get a lot bigger if it gets the green light from the Biden administration to proceed with a $25 billion merger with Albertsons. They're two of the biggest grocery chains, and they would make Kroger the biggest. Now, Kroger operates in a lot of states, but it doesn't operate as Kroger in a lot of states. In Arizona, it's Albertsons. In Colorado, it's King Super. Yeah, I know. It's a stupid name. I'm like, King Super? What does that mean? It's normal in Colorado. Going to run down to King Supers. Okay. (laughs) So the Biden administration, they can't make up their mind, right? They are anti-big business, at least outwardly, but inwardly they are in bed with big businesses like big tech and big pharma. So Kroger is still trying to get this through. Is it going to be good for the American consumer? I tend to think the more competition is better. What's Kroger's incentive to lower its grocery prices if it has such a stranglehold on the market? 
I don't know. Will grocery prices ever go back to where they were? I was in a grocery the other day, and they always put the stuff that's cheap, right, out front. They're trying to get you to, oh, look at this. It's cheap. I'll buy more. If I walk further into the store, I bet I'll find more bargains. That is what we think is really true. Potato chips. On the display meant to lure you closer to other merchandise because presumably it would also be priced cheaply. Potato chips. Three sixty eight a bag. Three sixty eight a bag. I used to ignore potato chips when they were three sixty eight a bag. What was the weight? I didn't look. I was aghast at the price. I bet it's not a pound. Probably not. That's the other thing. Shrinkflation. You're getting less for your money now. Kroger's annual food sales would hit $170 billion. That does not count fuel or pharmacies. If this merger goes through, which would give it 20% of the market, 20%. Kroger is already the number one player in six of the 10 biggest metro markets in the U.S. Kroger, number one in L.A., Dallas, Chicago, Atlanta, Phoenix, and Philadelphia. Number two in Houston and Washington, D.C. Columbus not on the list because we're not close to top 10. Will we ever be close to top 10? I mean, a lot of these big cities are losing people. And we are, of course, going to be gaining people because of Intel. I wonder what the long retelling of the Intel thing will be. It's going to ruin a lot of rural communities out in Orange Township and Liberty Township. Cost of progress, man. It's got to build it somewhere. Uh, Kroger says if they get this merger, they will cut food prices. Anybody believe that? I'm not so sure. Not so sure. Not a joke. Oh, there we go. Not a joke. Not a joke. By the way, what was a joke yesterday was a hearing on Capitol Hill with uh, the leaders of America's military. Uh, Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Lloyd Austin, secretary of defense. Uh, Matt Gates put... Putting Lloyd Austin through the ringer on why the military is uh, sponsoring drag shows. I don't think I have enough time to play this entire cut, but you'll get the spirit of it. I guess my question is, how much taxpayer money should go to fund drag queen story hours on military bases? How many? Drag drag queen story hours is not something that uh, the department funds. Wait a second. That's actually not what the record seems to suggest. You were going to fund one at Ramstein Air Force Base. That one got canceled, but that's DOD insignia. That's a drag queen story hour for children. Then also at uh, Malstrom Air Force Base outside of Great Falls, Montana, you had a, a drag queen story hour for kids. At the Joint Base Langley Eustis, you put on a drag queen story hour on a Saturday for the first-ever kid-friendly diversity, equity, inclusion summer festival. And at Nellis Air Force Base, you had the Drag U Nellis on June 17th. Who funded these things, Mr. Secretary? Listen, uh, drag shows and, uh, are not something that the Department of Defense uh, supports or funds. Well, wait, really? Why are they happening on military? Because they're being funded. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.